Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, September 20th. We are here live. It is Destination Health Day. Phone lines are open right now. We've got a half hour of free-for-all here, so you better jump in quick if you've got a question. Uh, At 8.30 here on the West Coast, we'll be joined by Joel Salatin. Uh, Joel's got a new book out. We're going to talk about Homestead Tsunami, about the... um, the move to the country and homesteads started in 2020 with the COVID and the pandemic and is certainly continuing today. We'll find out what that trend's all about, how it's going, and maybe even get some good tips on how to homestead. Certainly good timing for me. We, uh, we do have open lines right now. So if you want to jump in, I've got some things I'm going to talk about, but if you want to jump in, I would get in here quick. Uh, let me bring Lauren in. I see Lauren's here now. Lauren, good morning. Good morning, Kevin. How are happy you? Happy Wednesday. Yes, happy Wednesday. How are you this week? I am doing pretty good. Pretty good, actually. Um, aside from, I got a little curveball yesterday. Apparently, the baby is currently breached. Oh so boy, that's interesting. Oh yeah. Boy. So, <laughs> wait a minute. Are you you were planning a home birth, right? Um, kind uh, of in the middle, the birth center, center. A birth so not center, the hospital, right. yeah, so a birth center. In Florida, is there anything that has to happen now? I know in, we're, we're just dealing with that. We're up here in Washington and, um, my daughter-in-law's pregnant. Um, we're excited. Our first granddaughter and she's using a midwife mm-hmm. and in Washington, if the baby is breached, the midwife is not allowed to deliver it, but in Oregon they can. So she's actually got a plan B to come to Oregon if that happens. Wow. Well, that's lucky. <laughs> yeah, I think the state that's of Florida. I was kind of paying attention. I think that's how that all works, but uh, that's what it sounded like to me. Yeah, and you're correct. It's state by state. Um, most states will not allow a home delivery with a midwife if the baby is breached. So Florida definitely falls within that. And yeah, so just new, just adding extra projects for, uh, <laughs> to my plate. Yeah. So I went, to, I went to the chiropractor this morning and the idea is, you know, if you go to a chiropractor that practices the Webster method, which mine does, and that's why I've been seeing them since the beginning of the pregnancy, they, the whole idea is for them to keep the body aligned properly so the baby has enough space and is comfortable enough to do what they're designed to do. Makes so sense. I, yeah. And I, I, I've, I've always had very tight hips, but he was, he was, his head was down for gosh, it's been down for over a month, maybe two months now. And so this was kind of a surprise yeah. that all of a sudden he decided to turn. So oh I went this morning, we worked a little bit on my hips. And then they want to see me again this afternoon and then again tomorrow and Friday. So oh, they're wow. very okay. proactive. As you good. Yeah. Good. So that's the good news is they are proactive and it's early still. It's still, I'm still 35 weeks. So they, you know, we have a few weeks yeah. <laughs> at least. To you know, get this. Yeah. We, we've got some calls coming in. My topic today, and I, I don't know if I'll get to it or not. We only have a half hour and I'll get to calls if they come in. But my topic was going to be kind of mm-hmm. a big picture of everything I'm seeing around health in, in our country and in the world right now. 
And it's not good. I, I, you know, I, I really thought that after the pandemic was handled so poorly, the whole masking with no evidence, the vaccines, how, how bad all of it was. I, I really thought that maybe they would have pulled back and taken a break. But it looks like they're going to mm-hmm. double down on all this stuff. It looks like masks are coming back. We are one of the few countries that's even pushing the vaccine this time. Many countries are now saying we do not recommend another booster for anybody under 65. There are lots of countries now who have changed that. We are pushing this new vaccine on six month olds. It is. It's awful. And. I don't think this is an accident. I don't think it's random. I think it's definitely a a campaign of fear to start reporting about every little virus outbreak that pops up anywhere in the world and making it sound like it's going to kill us all. Yep. There is an outbreak in India. I, I can't even remember the name of this virus. I really don't care. Um, I've had a lot of people email me, send me messages. What about this virus? Are you going to talk about it? I'll talk about it. It'll take me about 30 seconds. These types of really, really deadly viruses have been around forever. We've had outbreaks there. I don't worry much about these unless something changes and it never has. And here's what has to change. These viruses like Marburg, Ebola, uh, the Black Plague, we, we've got some stuff in the desert southwest that happens once in a while, um, plague-type stuff. The difference here, these are really deadly. I mean, some of these have had kill rates of up to almost 90%. Like if 10 people get this, nine of them are going to die. So they are awful, but they don't spread airborne. You have to come in direct contact with an infected person's bodily fluids before you can get this. So when they happen, they tend to happen in third world countries and in Africa and places like that. And we catch it. You lock things down. This is where lockdowns and quarantines really work. That's what you have to do with these. You have to lock people down. And but once you do, it usually stops pretty quickly. You know, what you worry about is, okay, one person got out of the infected area and got on an airplane, and now you might have a bunch of little outbreaks because of this, but because it doesn't spread easy, um, a good quarantine will usually stop this, and then you might get another little outbreak and we'll stop it. These have never really spread and killed a lot of people, so I I don't worry too much Mm -hmm. about these, but all of a sudden they're reporting on them pretty aggressively, and I think it's all just fear. And then there's, you know, all kinds of new things that are supposed to be really bad for us. I think the government is absolutely working very hard to control us through fear and our health. Mm. And we the good news is we can fight back with this one. It's really easy. Just get healthy. You know, just get healthy. You know, when when the government tries to break us with high interest rates, it's hard to fight back money wise. We only have so much control over the money system and inflation can really hurt. Uh, New taxes could really hurt interest rates going up. It's hard to change your financial situation, but it's not hard to change your health situation at all. Everybody has the ability to do it. You're absolutely right. One of the last things we have control over. Exactly. And it's also the most important, isn't it? 
I, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure not a oh, yeah. human being on the planet would ever choose money over their life. Steve Jobs would have would have oh, spent yeah. every one of his billion dollars if he could have kept living healthily. He would have given up every penny of it. Mm-hmm. And we Agreed. Should, we should remember that that they they may be really screwing with the money supply right now, and they are, uh, but they can't ever stop us from controlling our own health. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know what I'm excited about? Because if I talk too much about that, it's pretty depressing. But what I'm excited about is I'm, <laughs> you know, somewhat involved in two pregnancies right now where these babies are getting the best start ever. Mm-hmm. I love That's that. That's pretty amazing. I love that. I do, too. We don't even really understand what's possible. Yeah. It's true. That's exciting. I didn't get the best start. I definitely didn't get the best start because I was a cesarean baby. And, right. you know, yeah. nowadays they have things, you know, if, and don't get me wrong. If you are, if you have to go that route. Yeah, go that, that route. No that doubt. Be a Absolutely. Route. <laughs> For you and yeah. the baby. Right. right. But exactly. But, you know, there, and there weren't things that there are these days, like the, you know, different probiotics that you can inoculate, yeah. you know, an infant with, you know, if they have to be born that way. And so there's so much more that we have learned since then. Yes. And it's pretty incredible where technology is taking us. So yeah. it's exciting. Yeah. And I didn't get a great start as a bottle baby. You know, baby food was just hitting the market back then. And, you know, so mm. we know what a mess we've made of all of that. And um, the, yeah. the individuals will turn this around. We're never going to do it as a group or a country. None of this stuff is ever going to be recommended. Uh, this is something you've got to take uh, control of yourself. But, you know, I, I, I watch my two grandsons who are nine now, and they're just incredible little boys, twins. They're, and that was a really, really high-risk pregnancy. Those were mono mono twins. So... What is mono-e-mono? Yeah, this is really interesting. So if you take all of the twins that are born, not, not all of the babies, all of the twins, mono-e-mono twins are only 1%. It's a pretty rare thing. What happens is they're actually, oh, wow. they're actually sharing a placental sac. Oh, this is wow. How, this is how you get conjoined twins. If things don't Got happen it. on time, they could be conjoined. So um, the mother goes into the hospital months before delivery, and it has to be a cesarean. They won't natural birth um, these kind of twins. It's too oh, dangerous. Yeah, right. So it, it was, uh, you know, they were in the NICU the whole time. I said I, it was the only time I've taken a flu shot because we had to. They wouldn't let you in the NICU without a flu shot. So uh, for that, I did it. Oh. Uh, not sure if I would do it again, honestly. Really, I know it's, you know, it was a nice to be able to go in there, but, yeah. Uh, so they, they you know, it was really high risk. They were born pretty low weight. They're extremely healthy, but the, you know, the mother ate this way then. My son obviously did. Um, Michael made all their own baby food, and the, the base of their baby food was liver and avocado. Oh, I love that. That, that was the base so of all great. the baby food, yeah. Um, and you see wow. them now, and they're just... They're just good boys. They're well-behaved. They're not crazy and hyperactive. They're incredibly smart and creative. And, and, you know, most kids should be that way. 
all kids should be yeah. that way. And, and, and you see these kids that are just a wreck. You know, you can see them. They're not healthy. Mm-hmm. They're, they are hyper. They're anxious. They're, they're not thinking clearly. They, it, it's, just, it's just sad to see that when you see what the potential is. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's so. How old are the boys now? Nine. Nine. Oh, that's so great to hear. Wow. See, the tools are there. You yeah. Have to find them. Yep. Absolutely. So that's encouraging. Uh, like it I is. said, I, yeah, I was going to talk about this kind of big picture thing of of what's going on. Um, I'll be talking about it more because moving forward. Um, I, I think they're going to try to bring all of this stuff back. Uh, I think they're going to use health to control us. We, we know the food supply is a mess, and they're not going to do anything to fix that. The guidelines on how we should eat are still a mess, no matter how many times groups have gone to the FDA and the other, you know, whatever other government agencies create all these recommendations. The proper information has been given to them. They know it. This isn't a secret. And they continue to push their horrible dietary guidelines. And I really do believe it's about control. Yeah, it's hard to deny that. Yeah. So, all right. Um, We got a call. I think we're going to get to the call. I don't want to spend too much time. Um, Let's go ahead and do that right now. Colorado. Tom, welcome. Yeah, good morning, guys. Hey, um, when you said uh, the masks are coming back, it just reminded me of something I heard over the weekend. The, um, and like you're saying, they're just trying to control us, but it, it, it you know, the, the the way that, like like you were saying, the the food pyramid now, they know better, and they just try to scare us with you know look at the shiny object over here the new the, the new uh, virus that's right. out or, or what have you and they're trying to you know between and probably trying to do it more to have the mail-in ballots um and uh, be able to cheat on this election too but um uh at the same token not giving us the just the truth about the about the food that we're right. eating and all the poison we're putting in our bottom in our, in our, body, yeah. in our bodies <laughs> yeah. and um uh well, same thing right um uh so the the bob odenkirk i think that's how you say his last name did you hear the little uh thing about him over the weekend where you paying any attention to news and whatnot i am completely separated from the news so i i hear all kinds of weird things and i start to wonder what am i missing but um i don't feel like i'm missing well, much it's, it's no big deal it's, yeah. it's, it's 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 almost comical um um so he's an actor and been in hollywood for like 30 years this sort of a, was a bit guy and then he did this uh, what about sal uh, TV show on Netflix or something, which was pretty oh, wait a funny. Minute. Yeah. What, was, was this the guy that was also in uh, Breaking Bad? I, yeah. I don't. I, I, was he? Oh yeah, he was in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he was the lawyer in Breaking Bad. Correct. Right. Yeah, because the guy. the new show was kind of an extension of what he was on Breaking Bad. I think. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Now I know who uh, we're and, talking uh, about. Breaking Bad was one of. My, yeah, so he's a big liberal, you know, just like the rest of Hollywood. And uh, he was on a podcast, I guess, the other day, and he was talking about, um, you know, just because people are uh, 
um, conservatives doesn't mean they're always wrong. And his doctor was telling him to get on statins because he had high <laughs> cholesterol. And then Bob's, you know, then Odenkirk said, no, 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 no. My, I don't have any any um, uh, family heart, you know, signs of any right. heart disease in my family. And the doctor said, you got to get on statins anyway. And he didn't get on statins. And then he had a heart attack. Oh, well, please. And so he was, he, and so, so he was saying, you so, know what, I, if I would have been on, let's, let's put this right, the correct ahead. way. So he now believes he had a heart attack because he has a deficiency of statins in his body. Right. No, ex- exactly right. Now, what they don't tell you that, 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 that I did find out was that the heart attack was like two weeks Three weeks, maybe after he got the of vaccination or the yeah, second dose booster or, the, yeah, or whatever, or the second vaccine, yeah. right? Yeah, Did of course. It, he never, he's, he, he is, he's never going to put those two together. There's no way that he's going to say, you know what, I got the, the vaccination and then I had a heart attack. Right, right. You know, it, no, he'll blame it, it, it on his he wasn't on statins. deficiency of statins. L- right. Lack of yeah. statins. Not exactly right. Unbelievable. Um, is it? Is it? Isn't that unbelievable? And then, you know, talking about vaccines and, and uh, Lauren, congratulations on the acrobatic baby that you've got. <laughs> uh, uh, um, you, you know, so and like you were saying, Kevin, you know, the, uh, your son's, uh, your grandson's, I guess, um, being alert and everything. And there was a, there, um, there was a, uh, documentary uh, uh, vaxxed to death, or so I forget the name of it, but it was about vaccinations and and these kids that were you know uh, uh, um, bright and and uh, you know uh, uh, you know just active and 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 everything was fine until they they got the I don't know how many are thirty six you know vaccinations yeah. that they have oh. now or whatever you know um, and and uh, those you know the the parents. They're, they're, you know, they're saying, no, this kid was fine until he went in there and got those vaccinations. And all of a sudden, just, you know, I mean, some of them you get um, retardation and, and whatnot. I mean, it's the rare exception. You know, it's, it's a rare, but, you but know, it, that happens. There's this. Along these lines, one of the things I'm absolutely shocked about, and it gets worse every, it feels like it gets worse every week, but. This whole idea that we're just accepting autism as though it's normal. I am shocked. Dude, at, one in one in it's, uh, it's, it's one in thirty six now. I think uh, was the uh, latest count. And there's just stories everywhere. We talk about it like it's normal. What is wrong with us? It is normal. What is no? It it's is common now. No, it's common. It will never well, be normal. Common. Well, right. Well, it's right. common. It will never be right. normal. And that's what pisses me off. We well, act like it's normal. And and we are robbing these kids of their life with this. This is this just infuriates me that we don't even it, talk about it, this. We're not it, even trying to figure out what could have gone. We know what went wrong. But nobody in the mainstream yeah. seems to even attempt to figure out why this is happening. Yeah. Oh, and and uh, you you like uh, RFK? You were talking good about him uh, a little. You know, you like some of his I, policies, and you never did read his book, The Real Doctor Fauci, which I'm pissed off about because you would have come right on the next day I'm and sure. talked about it for I, a week. I, I 
Well, I, I'm saving it. Uh, you know, there's plenty to talk about. I'm saving it because I know what will happen when I read it. I'll, I'll, you're right. I'll be talking about it for a week and I'll be a nut job because I, I now. And, so let me address Kennedy be. really quickly. The, the one thing about being yeah. a libertarian is you're always going yeah. to agree with some big things from both parties. But then there's a lot I disagree, too. I mean, he's already come out and said he would ban fracking. Yeah, well, that's a no for me. Yeah. So as much as as much as I I'm the same way. Right. As much as I love some of his policies, but I'm kind of the same way with the Republicans. I hate some of their policies about our, you know, government control. I don't care who sleeps with who or who marries who. There should be no government intervention in any of that stuff. Those are our personal lives. We get to make our own decisions as long as we're not hurting somebody else. So I, I strongly disagree with the Republicans on most of those issues. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with you too. I, I I just have to vote Republic, Republican Republican right. because there there's no exactly. possible way that I can vote Democrat. You yeah, know, well, I mean that, that's right. just that, that's just, might as well vote for a communist. That's what the, that lately, party's yeah. become. Yeah, lately. You know, now yeah. if somebody it, put a yeah, gun to my it, head and said you have to vote for a Democrat, it would be Kennedy, no doubt. Yes. 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 You know, so that 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 book that he was so it was what Kennedy was saying uh, in one of his chapters of his book was that when and, and think back to when you were in school, I I had one friend that had had a retarded uh, sister, and uh, everybody and one kid that I knew that had uh, diabetes. What is that type one? Right. Then when you when you're young, right. yep. not to do not 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 due to food. Um, well, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I'm going to correct something here. Type one is due to food. It's due to our diet. It's not. Well, the, type it's not two the, then. No, no. You're you are on the right track. But let me clarify something because this is okay. We've all said this at one point, and most people believe this, but I've now changed my mind. Type two is okay. the direct result of what you eat. Too much sugar and carbohydrates over time and you become insulin resistant. That's what type two is. Okay. Type one though okay. happens spontaneously. Your pancreas stops producing insulin. So it, it has nothing okay. to do with what, well, it, it does, but I'll get to it. it. Your body just doesn't produce insulin anymore. It's not that you've become insulin resistant. Your body just stops producing it, and without insulin, you would die. Um, this is also how we know right. that insulin causes us to get fat. The first indication of type 1 diabetes is really easy to see. People start losing massive amounts of weight be- for no apparent reason. And it's because there's no okay, insulin I was present say he anymore. Wasn't a fat kid. Right, there's no insulin okay, present anymore. Okay, so he they, wasn't a fat kid. Right, they right. they get really skinny, and that's the one of the first indicators. But here's what we know: Type one is an autoimmune condition. Autoimmune is directly diet related okay. through leaky gut. So it still is a diet related illness. Sure. Okay. So not necessarily the the sugars or the carbs, but it may be. But it might. It, but we, there's still a lot, right? To, and, to discern from. And the other from, thing from we that. can say about this, I believe, because kids get it so young, um, I, I believe that it's a, a carryover, of a generational thing of poor health, generation after generation, and then you end up with this. 
which is probably true. But so you think back to when you were in school, in, in, in especially uh, middle school and whatnot, how many – I didn't know any well, autistic kids. Correct. You know? Right. So here's what I remember. I don't even remember I – I doubt that I knew what the word autism was, and I didn't know any autistic children, and I knew everybody in the school because it was a fairly small town. But there were retarded right. children severely retarded yes. uh, like there, it was apparently obvious just looking at the child that something right. was really wrong and if it was somewhat mild they might end up in a special ed class in the school but many of them went to homes to live in it was so severe now that that is a right. that's Tell a that genetic you. problem there genes break and we have genetic yeah. issues i mean we could probably track it back to toxins in the environment and all kinds of stuff but that that was that was a true genetic break something really went wrong um now it's like right. one in 36 kids is on the spectrum well when you've got a yeah. spectrum yeah. like that it tells me something isn't broke broke it's just a lot of things going wrong because yes. we don't know and, and, what and, causes and, autism we, we don't, we can't. No, but it, it might be, a, it might, there might be a, uh, about three different things or four different things. Right, that's what the I mean. Between chemicals, right. you know, that exactly. stuff in our water, the, yeah. gly, the glyphosate, and you, you get the, you know, you get too much of that, um, the, uh, the uh, poison in your body, and then you hammer them with the uh, vaccines. Exactly. The, you know, right. 14 all over in one and shot over thing and at over. one time, and, yeah. and bam, right. But we do know what's causing the diabetes. Yes. You know, yes, and, that's and, painfully and so the, obvious. the government won't, yeah, the government won't scare us about that. They'll scare us about some, some virus that, that they help make, but they are not going to scare us about, about, uh, the diabetes. Oh, and I start, I, uh, the other day you were saying, um, and this is in the, the that book too, about how many, pe how many people the HIV virus has killed. And so what a bad virus it is. It's uh, why don't it, we have a it, vaccine? And, well, be, be, uh, if you if you if you go back and, and look at uh, the Koch's postulates, which are or if you're you basically take a, a virus that and put it in a healthy cell. And if it infects that cell, uh, then and there's two others that I can't remember off the top of my head. But then, you know, that that that's a that virus is what's causing this disease but the aids virus and aids that there, there was a couple different books written about that that i that i uh, listened to um uh, deuceberg was one of the guys and uh he, he he's claiming that the hiv hiv does not cause aids there's about uh i think it's 10 percent of the population now it's a benign virus that doesn't doesn't do anything you know what's interesting you know, about so what's going on? So it, we look back on HIV. HIV created uh, immunocompromised people. Uh, that was what HIV is. It, your immune system is completely compromised, and you can't fight off much of anything. That was what that was. That's not because well, of HIV. Well, That's not because of HIV. And I don't know, and I'm not going to argue that because it gets too technical anyway. Right, but, right. but then let's look at what's right. happening right now.
Right now, what I think is that the, the more you look at the data, the more clear it becomes that COVID itself may have compromised our immune system a little. But what's really compromising the immune system is the vaccine itself. That's what's that's why yeah. RSV yeah. is on the rise. It's why flu is on the rise. It's why it, it is it made people very sick by compromising their immune system. And now they seem to be very the there is a study out right now that I might get the number wrong, but it's somewhere in the high 80 or 90 percent of the people who are hospitalized right now for covid are vaxxed. That it, it, it's it, it's such right. a high number that how can you ignore yeah. that anymore? But yet they are. And, and they're pushing the next round. Correct. Yeah. Well, and their excuse now yeah. is. Their excuse now is, oh, well, this vaccine doesn't work very good on on what's out now. Well, why are you still pushing it then? And why are you pushing a new one that hasn't been tested at all? Come on. I I keep seeing after rigorous testing. What testing? Show us something. The the uh, the the uh, um, uh, when they changed the name uh, or the, the definition of a vaccine, that was our number one. Uh, you know that should have been right. our number one flag. Hey Tom, and then and then our Tom. my second. Yes, Tom. yeah, nope. I know you're, you got to go to the other guy. Okay, G- got to cut you off. We got yeah. our guest here. We'll talk to you again soon. Um, we are going to bring in our guest right now, Joel Salatin. Good morning. Good morning. I hope you're great. We are fantastic, and I uh, I can't thank you enough for responding so quickly and getting on the air with us. We're excited. Absolutely glad to be here. Now, I got to tell you, your time. We want to talk about your new book. We could talk about all kinds of things with you. We could continue our last conversation. I'm sure you have plenty to say about that. But I do want to talk about your new book, and I can't tell you your timing couldn't be better. Right now, I'm sitting in a beautiful part of the country. I have a feeling you've probably visited up here, uh, up in the uh, Bellingham, Linden, Washington area. A bunch of beautiful farms up here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of interesting. I'm up here doing the show. We're traveling. My son lives up here and, um, we're about to have a new granddaughter soon, our first granddaughter. So we're up here for, oh a, quick, boy. Yeah, for a quick visit before things get a little crazy. We have a trip to the East coast <laughs> to do some speaking, but you would not believe what my wife, Lisa and I will be doing tomorrow. We are, um, are you are you canning something or picking something? Much much. You're 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 along the right lines, but much much bigger. Okay. We will be signing the closing documents on a six-acre hobby farm. Ah! Oh, wow. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. It's in the. It's actually in the national forest in Washington. Um, uh huh. Uh huh. Beautiful ground. The the family that's lived on it for forty years really did quite a bit of homesteading. I mean, they re- lived very mm-hmm. simple. That whole house barns all heated by wood stoves. They cook on a wood stove most. They, they do have an electric oven there, but they cook on the wood stove most of the time. They got a beautiful greenhouse, all all hand built. Uh, it, we have we now own nine chickens, uh, so I'm excited about oh. that. Got a beautiful chicken coop. Did, did you did you inherit inherit those chickens? From we them? did. We did. The chickens stay. And okay, I, I even I guess we're going to be inheriting the uh, the farm cat Walter as well. 
Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. You got to have the farm cat. Right, mm-hmm. right. So we're excited. I think you can tell. Oh, that's wonderful! Wow, what a what a big uh, what a big step. But yeah. um, it's it's a it, it's a it's a big deal. So I'm excited about well, good your for book. You. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, so am I. So tell us about it. All right. <laughs> well, the title is Homestead Tsunami. Good for country critters and kids. Love it. And it, it, it's, um, it, it's a why book. It's a broad cultural why book. Um, I can, I can, uh, I can give you, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of little spots, but, um, you know, I, I, the chapter titles are, are all, you know, more my, my practical, my how to book, my, Livestock homesteading how-to book I did a couple of years ago. It's called um, Polyface Micro. You know, I, I, um, I scaling down everything too. to a science. Yeah, I ordered both. Yeah. Them. Okay. Yeah. So, so this one, um, this one is uh, you know some of the things are you know filling our plates, ready for the table, stacking, stashing, and stockpiling, sweating together. Uh, I I like me. You know that chapter starts <laughs> out. Um, and, and, Am I valuable? Oh, if so, yeah. where is my best? Where is my value best actualized? What can I contribute to society, to the family, to the world? And and it's all about, you know, uh, establishing affirmation and self worth in in young people. Hey, we Joel, have a we have an identity crisis in our country uh, right now. I'm I'm sure you realize that. And uh, and and how you get identity is is in. You know, uh, accomplishing successfully accomplishing meaningful tasks. Yes, and uh, and I, so you know, I've got if a you quote can... for you on that. Mm-hmm. One okay. of my favorites, um, Larry Wing, a good friend of mine, a author. So he, he used this line, and I stole it from him with his permission. And I this used to be in my show open, and I still say it a lot. I just love the way he phrased this. He he said, "Discover your uniqueness and exploit it in the service of others." Yes, yes, that that's right. And and the the, the point is that um, I'm I'm writing that down because that's good. Um, the, the the point is that you don't you don't develop self worth or or personal identity and value by being patted patted on the head and telling you're you're a good boy, you're a good girl. Um, you you do it, you you get it. By actually, by actually experimenting and and accomplishing meaningful tasks, but working. I mean, it's it's, yes. it's the same way, you know, in in developing uh, intimate relationships and connections. You don't you don't do that at the at the good times bar. You do that uh, struggling over replacing an engine in a truck. You do that over you know pulling the rock out of a out of a post hole with with someone. You, it, it, it's it's in the crucible of life. That you actually get um, deep, deep connective relationships, and and you know video games and screen time and TikTok and 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 good time bar does not deep relationships make, but right. that's what the yearning of our soul asks for. That you know, it, it seems like we have become too smart and too successful, and we've made life too easy. <laughs> We, yeah. we, we've made it too easy to survive. 
You know, you're, you're not going to die. You can uh-huh. do almost nothing in our society, and, and we're not going to let you die. And we've just made life too easy. You know, I, I, we deal do a lot with health today. Today is our health day Wednesdays. And we've worked on diet for years and years. You know, you, you know all this stuff. You do the same things. But we started noticing around 2020 that people were kind of falling back on their health. And people who had been really improving for the last six or seven years, getting better, you know, the longer you eat this way and live this way, the healthier you get. And we were watching that pattern. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it started to reverse. And we thought, are people just kind of falling off the wagon here? And we we talked to them and, and no, nobody was really changing the way they were eating. And we started to recognize working directly with people that it was stress. It was all stress is what we were seeing. And, and no wonder the world became very stressful. So I started a project to really figure out how do we fix this? We, we know what the problem is now. We know the root cause of why they're, they're getting unhealthier. Um, how do we fix it? Mm-hmm. And what I came to was that, you know, I, I came up with this idea that stress in our body is like a muscle. Our stress response is like a muscle. We can build up that stress response so we're more resilient to stress. What I kept seeing was, you know, the all the advice about, well, if you're overstressed, you got to take a break. You got to go meditate. You got to be more mindful. Go take a walk in nature. All those things are wonderful. But what I was seeing was it only helped in the moment. Sure, when they got away from stress, the symptoms started to subside. But the minute they stepped back into the real world or, you know, the world they had to go to work and all that, it, it immediately they fell apart. And I thought something's wrong here. This isn't how this should work. And what we realize is we've become very, very weak. Our stress muscle is weak. We don't have that resilience to stress. So I started figuring out how we got it back. And it turns out Mm -hmm. everything we need to do to get that back will make us very uncomfortable in the moment. We use things like cold exposure and heat exposure and um, muscle resistance and breathing and sweating. And I started thinking, these are all things we would have done in every day in our normal life, the way we used to live. And that's the problem now. We have made ourselves so comfortable, 70 degrees everywhere we go. We don't lift heavy stuff. We don't exert ourselves. We don't sweat. And it's killing us. Uh, that's, that's, um, that's really profound, and it, but, but, it, but it jives perfectly with, um, with a, a presentation. I do a lot of you know, traveling and speaking myself, and I've started doing a presentation um, about about participatory uh, participatory freedom, and, and the, the the basic pitch it, it came to me in actually in twenty twenty and twenty twenty one, especially twenty twenty one, when uh, Putin invaded Ukraine, and suddenly all that. I mean, I'm a farmer, <laughs> and all that fertilizer was cut off, and suddenly. The media was full of all these whining farmers. Oh no, fertilizer is going up four hundred percent. You know, I'm going to be out of business. Blah blah blah. And 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 on our farm, it didn't affect us at all right. because we were, you know, we were um, uh, fertilizer free. Yes. And on the heels of that, on the heels of that was, of course, 2020 with the empty store shelves and people panicking. I mean, our farm store was was 
full <laughs> of, of people that were panicking because the store shelves were empty. Well, we didn't panic at all. We had we had a, a basement full of you know hundreds of jars of canned goods. We yes. had freezers full of meat. Uh, it didn't affect us at all. And those two things brought me to realize that we we've, we've been sold. And, and you're speaking to it right now. We've been sold this 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 um, uh, lie over the last several decades. Hey, hey, you let us. We'll fix your food. You just get lunchables and hot pockets. You just get lunchables and hot pockets. And yeah, and 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 uh, you know that'll give you time to to watch the NFL and you know go on your Caribbean cruise and stuff. You just you just live your life of convenience and, and free yourself from chores. And the and and the um, you know the mundane things of life, and we'll we'll take care of you. Suddenly, you have a black swan like like COVID, like um, you know like uh, uh, Putin invading Ukraine, and suddenly you realize, oh, it was it yes. was those of us who continued who continued down here uh, participating in the mundane things of life with our garden, our canning, our you know our our, our compost pile, and all that. We are the ones. That we're actually practicing freedom and have been liberated from this from this dependency and entanglement with uh, with nefarious agendas. And so, true liberty and freedom come from participation, not from you know jumping the fence. You know, with that in mind, think about how much our government has changed in less than a hundred years. You know, I remember in 2020 with the lockdowns and and we weren't sure what COVID really was going to be. It could have been horrendous. Had this really been a dangerous virus that spread this easy, it it could have been a big problem. And when we didn't know, I I went out and tore up half my lawn and put in a big garden. And and I was even talking about it. Remember back in World War II, I said we talked about victory gardens. And and the government encouraged Mm -hmm. us to become more self-sufficient again. What happened? It it hasn't even been 100 years. And and now it's almost like the opposite. They discourage us from being self-sufficient. Yeah. Yeah, no, you, you're exactly right. And I, I um, well, what, what's happened is a is kind of a, a societal uh, victimization, entitlement mentality to where to where people aren't don't have the self starter, you know, self starter mentality. The 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 uh, you know the bootstrap the bootstrap pick yourself up mentality, and so the political expedient way. To get votes is to promise people that you'll take care of them. Yeah, and 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 we've seen that whole. I mean, when um, uh, the the hurricane hit New Orleans, remember the the paralysis of people. They just literally sat in their home, right? Yeah, c- completely paralyzed of being able to even think about doing something for themselves, waiting for the national guard to come or whatever. Yeah, Hurricane Katrina. Um, and and uh, that that is symptomatic of our of our softness. I mean, you're talking about we, we, we become so soft that we just don't even think that we can do anything ourselves. You've seen the joke about that, right? So the the hurricane comes and the water starts rising and guy's in his house and he keeps going upstairs and finally he's got to get out the window and up on the roof and he's sitting up on the roof and the water's still rising and 
couple people come by in a boat and he jump in will save and he's like no no i've got this and a helicopter comes by and drops a rope and he's like no no i got this and the water keeps rising and he drowns and he ends up in heaven and and he's mad at god he's like what happened <laughs> you were supposed to save me i had total faith in you and he said what the hell happened is right i sent you two boats and a helicopter <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's that's exactly right. That's the way it is. So yeah, we we have a we have a really different um, a different culture. I mean, look at look at the the number of of I just can't believe the number of young people that I run into now. Well, what do you what's what's your dream? What what's your what's your plan in life? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna become a. Um, a maven on uh, TikTok, an influencer. And, yeah, an influencer on yeah. TikTok. <laughs> yeah, listen, we just had a we just had a guy locally, um, uh, twenty years old. He's he's jumps out of his truck to do a to do a little TikTok thing. The truck starts to roll. He goes to chase it. The truck turns over on on top of him, kills him. Twenty years old, all just caught up in. In, in doing a a, a a little TikTok thing and being completely un whatever un uh, unaware of of his situation, and uh, I mean I know that's just a, totally an no, anecdote, I, but, I, but I mean but I get is, it. Yeah, this is this, this, this is this is nuts. You know, it this is. is nuts that we've become this whatever fatuous. You know, fatuous in our um, in our. Participate in our visceral yeah. participation with life. You know, I, I I try to be an optimist. I I hate to just keep talking about the problems. I like to talk about solutions. On the open this morning, I I'm optimistic about one thing. You know, we there was a ways back there. It wasn't all that long ago. We were hearing about the one percent, the whole Occupy Wall Street, and you know the the people with one percent of the mm-hmm. the most money control everything. You know, there's truth yeah. to that. There's no doubt about it. We we look at these big tech companies that have colluded with the government to censor us. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, that right. is true. I, I no longer you know doubt that. But there's something else I'm seeing, and, and um, look, I tell people all the time, if you think you're going to make it to the 1% money-wise, forget it. You could win the lottery, the, the, <laughs> the biggest lottery, you're still not going to make it there. The, those numbers are so right. astronomical that that's just not going to happen. Um, but right, right. I, I'm seeing another big divide in, in our country, and I'm, I'm up here, you know, we're about to have a granddaughter, but we have two grandsons. My son has two sons that are nine now. And my son's a, a practitioner, a natural practitioner. He eats this way he has. He, um, the parents ate that way when these boys were born. And I see them now, and it is just so incredible, the difference in them. Um, they haven't mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. any of that. They had no commercial baby food whatsoever. They were breastfed. Um, they've been eating yeah, healthy. Uh-huh. And it, it's incredible to see the difference and it dawned on me, we're about to see another divide that isn't money, it's health. There's a, there are a lot mm-hmm. of people, well, not a lot, but there's a group of people getting really, really healthy. You're involved in all of this. You do a podcast about mm-hmm. it and talk about mm-hmm. it all the time. And it really is incredible right. how healthy some people are getting. And I see this yes. big divide. But the good news here, everybody has access to this. The government can't stop you from getting healthy. They might be able to stop right. you from getting wealthy, and they can control the money supply. And it, there's a lot they can do, and it looks like they're doing a lot of it. But but 
when it comes right down to it, they can't control your health right now. We still have total control over that. That, that is exactly right, uh, especially if you don't just assume that your only uh, that your only treatment or advice comes from the government. Exactly. Uh, if, if you if yeah. you eat if you eat like the government tells you to eat, you will be sick. If you you know get the treatments they tell you to get, you know you very well may be sick. And you know that that the, the connection between the the economy and health, in my view, is right now. It, you know, many of us. Uh, like you, or you know, when we look at the economy and and the culture, we we see a, a, a kind of a dysfunctional system that's that's quite concerning. Um, but you know what? If there's if there's one thing that you don't want to be, if I mean you know, we hear the term, if, if, what if the wheels fall off? Right. What if the wheels fall off? Right. Um, uh, if the wheels fall off, there's one thing you don't want to be, and that's sick. Yes. You don't want to be the guy that, that. that when everybody's running to high ground, they leave you because you can't you can't get off your cot. Yeah. Um, and, and so the the impetus the impetus to be healthy uh, has has never been more uh, necessary. I think. Um, you know, right. if 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 you're actually concerned about where things are headed, um, you want to be healthy so you can make a run, you can survive, you can build a fire, cut some yes, wood, that's right. make a covering, you know, walk somewhere, uh, you know, you can you can get up and go. And, you know, here here's another scary one. We have an awful lot of people that really can't live without prescription drugs. Right. We've already right. heard of mm-hmm. shortages of those. I, 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 you know, that that's scary for people who now need those to live. But like I said, the, the good news here is is every individual has total control over this. And, and the, the other good news is um, it takes a long time to change your financial picture. It doesn't take very long to change your health picture at all. We have seen incredible transformations in very short periods of time. Yes. Yes. Um, and and uh, as a as a farmer, as someone who's watched the soil, uh, yeah. the, the, you know the soil on this gullied rock pile uh, transform itself. Even something as seemingly whatever inert <laughs> as the soil, man, you know you you can take you can take a, a, a little weedy rock pile and you can put compost on there and a little bit of water, and I mean it will it will just. Yeah flourish and so even even something as long-lived we feel like as soil can can be remarkably rejuvenated uh, quickly so let me tell you what that's that's ultimately very optimistic yeah let me tell you what i'm looking at right now we um so in 2020 i tore out half my lawn put in a garden 2021 i bought the lot next to me and turned the whole lot into a garden and it was a rocky, weedy pile of dirt. And I started working on, you know, composting and cover crops on there and, and working on that soil. And I've been doing it for a couple years now. I'm actually, it looks to me like I've got about a good 20 yards of really good soil in there now that used to just be rocky dirt. And I'm actually wondering if mm-hmm. it's worth it for me to take it with me to the new farm. I'm looking at that <laughs> soil and I'm like, this is valuable. I don't want to leave this here. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, well, um, it, 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 it'll, <laughs> it, it'll probably be a lot cheaper to. I think uh, so. Yeah. To just re- redo <laughs> right. it in your re- redo it in your new place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I just hate the thought of somebody building a house on that now because I'm going to sell it. Oh, when... I know, I know, I know, exa- I know exactly what you mean. But um, well, it's, yeah, it's the story of story of life, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Healing, healing, and then abandonment, and healing and abandonment. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> you know, like I said, it, it can be very discouraging if you look around. And, you know, it, it's hard not to believe that what the government is doing around food with the, their food recommendations, it, no matter how much evidence there is that the food pyramid is killing people, they won't change it. it they're not going to change it. They know better. They know that that's not a healthy way to eat. Uh, they continue to push all the prescription drugs. We're now we're now approving prescription toxic prescription drugs to help people lose ten percent of their body weight. Come on, we can do that with half our brain tied behind our back in a couple weeks without toxic drugs. You have to believe that that this is all part of the control. When you keep people sick, they're really easy to control. Well. And and um, not to not to move into the realm of pessimism again, but let, let's 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 just think about this is one that's really been on my mind lately. Uh, you know, part part of dealing with the stress is is working your way through it to where you understand it. it um, the, the unknown is fearful, right? And even 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 if what's coming is not good. But you understand it, and you have a plan, and you're ready for it. Well, then you know stress is way down. So anyway, it just imagine this. You know, Bill Gates. You know, here's a guy, the biggest farmland owner in the world right now, and and he has been very public and very uh, outspoken that he believes that the human race can only survive if two thirds of us. Die. In other words, the planet can't handle what it what it needs. It, 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 you know, it, it, it needs to drop back to about you know about two billion people is about all the planet can handle, and um, and and so so he he definitely believes that if you exterminate two thirds of the population, you know he'll he'll save humanity. And so my question is, my question is, if you actually believe that. What could you morally and ethically justify doing? Good point. If you actually believe <laughs> right. that exterminating two thirds of the human population would would make you the savior of humanity? Yeah, you're right. How, what's the end game there? How do you how do you resolve yeah. this? Right. Well, even, the, even if you're the, right. The, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Even even if you're right, uh, and, and and so so. Once you once you see that, it just makes you it makes you understand that everything is on the table yeah. for him. Everything yes. is on the table, and so when you when you see things like the food pyramid, like like the mRNA that that we know was destructive, when you see the Department of Defense coming out, uh, uh, myocardial infarctions are up 150 percent since 2021. Um, uh, miscarriages miscarriages in farm in in military um, personnel and spouses is up 300 percent since 2021. For, for you and 
you know, for you and me, it's just it's just obvious. Right. I mean, you have to put your head in the sand to not realize what is happening. Yes. But when, when you see the orthodoxy continuing the same narrative down the same path, the same deal, you begin wondering, well, you know, what is what what is pushing that? You know, right. is, could it be things like Bill Gates who finances the world? Economic Forum and the World Health Organization that is infiltrated by the Communist Chinese. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A- and you head down this this nefarious conspiracy thing. So, so you and I, you and I aren't going to change that. Right. So the message that we need to bring is to take all these things that frustrate us, anger us, things like that, and invert them, flip them on their head, and said and say, okay, so. How am I going to respond to this in a way that makes me hope and help when society becomes hopeless and helpless? Very good point. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what we've that, been that, attempting way, to do yeah, here. That's yeah. the way we deal with the stress. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do we and, and the good news is this is what I'm optimistic about. It's not hard and every one of us can do it. Right. We can all become healthier and more self-sufficient, and that's exactly what they don't want us to do. You know, the interesting thing about this argument about overpopulation, which I've heard my whole life, have you read anything by Peter Zeehan? Uh, no, name's not familiar, but go ahead. I know, me. You're, I know you're a big reader. Um, he's got several books out. I've only read one of them, and I might go back and read some of the others. There's a lot of things he probably believes that I don't. Um, you know, politically, we, we probably wouldn't jive. But it, his his big premise really got me thinking. So his big premise is the opposite, that we our population rates are declining. Our birth rates have been declining forever in that we no longer have enough people to support the global economy we've built. So forget about the earth and the resources and all that. He doesn't think that's a problem at all. We have plenty of resources, but he's saying, and he goes back and he, when I was reading the book, he had me so convinced. And then when I got done with the book and started thinking about it, I'm like, well, that is a crazy theory. I was, I was convinced that he's completely right while I'm reading the book. And when I got done, I'm like, well, I got to think about this. But here's his theory, that after World War II, we had created such a powerful navy here in the U.S. that it was then possible to ship goods all around the world. And the U.S. Navy was the protection for that. Prior to that, people just stole ships out of the ocean. Like there was no law out there. Mm. And so we couldn't create this big global shipping except for the fact that the U.S. Navy was there. That That's kind of his premise. Mm-hmm. And we've built this crazy, uh. complicated global supply chain where we take a raw material from somewhere in Africa and we ship it around the world to China and they do something with it and then they ship it to someplace else and they make it into a widget and then the widget gets shipped to the United States and sold. And his claim is that's going to end, that we don't have enough people to support this and we will go back to local economies. And, and we won't be doing this crazy worldwide shipping and some countries will, will collapse because they don't have the resources. It's a crazy theory. But like I said, when I was reading the book, he had me convinced he was right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, uh, I can certainly follow the argument. It certainly um, 
look, in the history of the world, you know, things things tend to cycle. Things tend to cycle, and all, I mean, when Joel Arthur Barker wrote the book Paradigms back in the late 70s and basically brought the word paradigm right. into, into uh, public usage, one of his axioms of paradigms is that every paradigm eventually exceeds its point of efficiency. Ah. In, in other words, uh, a Tyson chicken house eventually exceeds its point of efficiency. Uh, it, it, it finally gets too big and collapses. A whatever you know, uh, a government, whatever uh, you know. The, the uh, I mean, a perfect example is the the supersonic transport, the SST. Remember the Concorde? Oh yeah, yeah. And, and it was it was going to be the you know the new the new uh, uh, um, transportation link, but you know for long distance transportation, and it turned out that it was it was too big, too costly, too too fast and so what what do we do now we run in the you know the boeing 747s and (laughs) you know and here we are stodgy still still you know still taking you know still taking whatever you know five hours to get to paris and so and so um you know as you study these cycles and you see that these these paradigms exceed their exceed their point of efficiency and so um and so the balance starts coming back. I mean, in, in my world, when we talk about food and farming, uh, you know, I can remember, and I know you can remember, you, we can remember growing up, and, uh, and, and the, the phrase food allergy didn't even exist. Uh, we were just talking about that this morning with autism. Yeah, yeah, you, 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 yeah right, autism. You never heard the phrase food allergy. Right. Goodness, you didn't even hear the phrase uh, Campylobacter, E. coli, Salmonella. No. Um, hysteria, you know, you, you didn't hear any of these things. And, and I would suggest that, that as we have committed violence against our food system with chemicals, with factory farming, with, as, as we have disrespected and dishonored the, the biological, the living component of food through the last decades, now it is fighting back because nature tends to bat last and it, and it balances itself out. <laughs> And so the food system is is fighting back at the at the the abuse and the disrespect that the industrial corporate food and farming sector has foisted upon the food system, and 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 that's where we are. So we've got this whole new lexicon lexicon that is essentially nature on its knees begging us, you know, stop enough, you know, and, and, and what's our answer? Well, our answer is now we're going to do MRNA instead of, uh, instead of antibiotics. Our answer is we're going to do, we're going to do artificial intelligence instead of, uh, you know, seat of the pants, decision-making, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and we just continue pushing that paradigm. And I think you're exactly right. It's going to continue to, um, you know, to cause additional problems. We're, we're doubling down on all the things that caused problems. You know, we, we, we think we're the smartest species on the planet, and I'm starting to wonder if we're the dumbest. We're, we're the only, we seem to be the only animals on the planet that don't know what we're supposed to eat. No other animal yeah, has or, that problem. Or, or that, yeah, or, or, that, or that is determined to, um, you know, to make itself sick. Yeah, right. Uh, m- most, most, um, most animals know... Uh, when they when they poop over a place, well, we move on to another place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't wallow around in it, right? 
<laughs> yeah. When, you know, and when the when the when the lions when the lions lurking over there in the bushes, uh, we, we don't go and say hello. <laughs> we we kind of move off to the other side of the field. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of sad to think about that. That we we've become this dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, imagine um, I have this little thing, uh, and I'm sure you're no fan of uh, of, of Fauci any more than I am. <laughs> right. But, but, but imagine, you know, just imagine, Kev, just imagine if you had stepped to the microphone on one of those, you know, one of those uh, uh, nationwide uh, uh, press conferences and said, okay, folks, hey, hey listen, we're going to do an experiment. We're going to try something new here. We're going to take one month. And we're going to uh, see if we can, you know, build up our immune systems. So here's what we're going to do. For one month, we're not going to drink any Coke, and we're not going to eat processed food. We're going we're to cook from scratch real food uh, and, and eat that. Yes. And we're going, to, we're going to get out in the sun 20 minutes a day, get that good old vitamin D, and uh, and and don't stay stay in your house. Get out in the sun twenty minutes a day. Get some get some sun. Uh, we're gonna we don't exercise enough. We're, we're gonna work up a sweat. We want to work up a sweat twenty minutes a day. Go for a vigorous walk. Do jumping jacks, lift weights, whatever. But but work up a sweat for twenty minutes a day, and then we're going to uh, we're all dehydrated. So let's all drink. We're gonna drink um, you know two liters of water a day. Uh, you know, so we get get hydrated, and we're going. Oh, we don't get enough sleep, so we're going to set the. We're not going to watch the late TV show. We're going to sleep right. for eight hours a day. Every 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 night, we're going to sleep for eight hours a day, and then and then you know what? We're, we're depressed, so we're not going to watch any news. If you watch one hour of news, you have to watch two hours of comedy there to you offset go. the you know offset the news, and and, and finally, um, what we're going to do is. Um, is if ev- if is everybody make a list of all the people that have done you wrong that you hate that you like to you know settle scores with, and forgive them. Just just, just forgive them. Just it's okay. Just forgive them. And we're going to walk away from all that resentment and vengeance. And and let's do this for one month. Yes. And let's see how we feel at the end of one month. You know, wouldn't it have been cool? COVID would have disappeared. Somebody. <laughs> COVID would have just disappeared. <laughs> we wouldn't even know it existed. And, it, and, yeah, yeah. and all those things are simple, and they're all accessible yeah. to everybody. Yeah, they are. They are. Uh, they, they, don't, they don't even require money. Nope. They don't require any of that. Nope. All, they, all they require is for you to, um, uh, to, to make a decision. To actively embrace, yeah, actively embrace uh, an immunological protocol. Yes. That's all it takes. Get get out in your bare feet. You know, we 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 talk a lot about, you know, in, in health when, you know, they want to argue that veganism is so healthy and, and um, you know, they have all the studies. And we have all the studies. And there there's studies that can prove anything and everything. <laughs> uh, so I I have I've tried to tell people, look, I, I read all these studies. I'm not going to stop, but honestly, I'm I'm not sure why I read them anymore. Because I, I learn next to nothing. You can find a study to support any argument you want to make around food or health or nutrition. And so at, at first it was really frustrating. I, I started thinking, well, if I can't trust anything I read, what do we do? And then it dawned on me. This is really simple. Just go back to our hunter-gatherer days. 
It just if you're in question about if something is a healthy way to live or not, how did we evolve? And when you think about how much that's changed, we could talk about diet all day long, and we do, but I also really started talking about lifestyle with the stress issue. You know, I started saying, look, you can clean up yeah. your diet, and it's the first thing you need to do, and lots of things will improve. But we also have to start looking hard at our lifestyle. As hunter-gatherers, we were in contact with the earth 100% of the time. When you it, just a hundred percent of the time you slept in contact with the earth, you walked on the earth all day long with no artificial materials in between you and the earth because artificial materials didn't exist. We, we had right. this natural grounding 100 percent of the time. And I could look at people now that probably go months and never come in contact with the earth. Mm-hmm. Yes. They, we that, live in buildings. Right. Exactly right. In fact, we, we walk yeah, from a it, building fact, to a yeah. car, but we have sh- shoes on that are artificial, and they're not allowing that contact. And I believe there are probably—I bet there are people that have gone a year and never contacted the earth. I'm sure. And and in fact, in the parking lot, the parking lot is probably asphalt. Correct. Right. So it, <laughs> it doesn't have any uh, life to it either. You know. Um, you know, Finland. Finland leads the world in this essential realm of research they have they have done numerous things in fact i i articulate this in in my new book a homestead tsunami talking about the health benefits of of uh, of, of a homestead of, of actually yes. you know encountering encountering life and embracing microbes and all that and finland has done lots of studies showing that that um children raised proximate to soil they've actually done it you know like manure like in a in a barn and yeah. like a a Finnish family has a little dairy you know and the kids out there in the stroller you know but um what about over all those and, germs and, yeah 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 okay <laughs> well they're seeing a, a huge difference in in sickness in, in uh, comparing the the urban kids to the farm kids and so I've had this thought, you know, I'm a quintessential entrepreneur. I think somebody needs to in, in, in the, take those studies. I mean, they're, they're just indisputable. They're, the, yes. the, the records, the, the statistics are unbelievable. Somebody needs to say, okay, if, that's, if, if, if this uh, sterility, if this urban sterility is such a problem, well, why don't we start a subscription service where we get kind of uh, permeable like you know, bags, and we stick farm soil in it or compost in it, and and and, and, and people subscribe to a service. You know, send me your your yeah. farm bag, and you know, and we we like we like punch it or we put it on as a welcome mat or something, and and we we actually encounter uh, farm soil, active farm soil, you know, along and. Um, and, you know, it's like a subscription service. Every quarter, we'll come and uh, dump out your bag and put in new material. <laughs> we'll inoculate you. There you go. I love it. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, I mean uh, that, that, that way you'll stay up to date with whatever's new, you know, kind of like these these vaccines, you know, we got to have a new vaccine. Well, we'll, we'll yeah. replace your, uh, we'll re- replace your <laughs> immunological uh, soil bag. Uh, for you, I, I, I just think you know, with a clever marketer. I, look, they sold pet rocks. Didn't You're they? right. They sold right. Uh, Chia uh, pets. So, so if somebody could do that, it seems like somebody ought to be able to take this this idea of bringing of bringing um, the biologically healing properties of soil 
into the urban sector as a subscription service to be able to launch a business. So there you go. You, you do that, and you can be a one percenter. There you go. You, you might be onto something there. I love it. Yeah. You know, and how did we, how did we go so wrong that we're now afraid of the sun? Yeah. yeah. How, how did we get to this point where we think we need to put a bunch of chemicals all over our skin to go out in the sun and we need to limit our exposure? There was no limiting yeah. of exposure when we were hunter-gatherers. It, 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 we were constantly bombarded with sun and, and, and we were healthy. We didn't have skin cancer yeah. from that. It, it's just it's awful how far away we've got. And not only far away from it, we now fear those things. People fear germs and bacteria. They fear the sun. They think that these things are going to hurt them. Yeah, and and, and so so the fears, the fears become their own um, their own prophetic. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, their, their own prophetic uh, occurrence. You know, you you tend to you know you tend to. Uh, whatever the, the catastrophe that you fear, chances are it'll come to you because you you create your own catastrophe through your fears or your your destiny. Um, you create your destiny through your fears, and, pretty, and then, and then yeah. you add. Um, and so you know, if if you live every day fearing that you're gonna whatever go broke, uh, chances are you'll go you'll broke. Go but broke. if you live every day. <laughs> You know, if you live every day thinking, uh, "Hey, you know, I've got, I've got purpose, I've got direction, I've got vision, and I'm going to accomplish some things," then chances are you, you'll you'll get there as well. Yeah, you know, the other thing I want to throw in there when we're talking about this, I, I think gratitude's really powerful. You know, we we need to oh, start yeah. from a place of gratitude. It, it, no matter how bad off you think you are right now, just be grateful that you're hearing a new message. Just just be grateful mm-hmm. that you're hearing. There's another way of doing this. Just go try it. it. And but you know, I try to wake up every day and before I go to bed at night, I try to be grateful for where I am and what I've got. Yeah. Have you have you ever? Um, I've, I've just finished reading the most profound book. Uh, it's called Daring Greatly by Brene Brown, and um, and there is a there is just a a section in here that is absolutely profound. She talks about uh, scarcity, the never enough problem, and and she talks about uh, how people, um, you know, how, how scarcity, which is part of fear and ingratitude, you know, pervade our society. And and she says, you know, we 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 just live this. We're uh, never good enough, never perfect enough, never thin enough, never powerful enough, never successful enough, never smart enough, never certain enough, never safe enough, never extraordinary enough. Yeah. And uh, you know, and and she said, and she quotes from a, a book, uh, Lynn Twist, in her book, The Soul of Memory, uh, Soul of Money. Um, says, for me and for many of us, our first waking thought of the day is, I didn't get enough sleep. The next one is, I don't have enough time. <laughs> uh, whether whether true or not, that thought of not enough occurs to us automatically before we even think to question or examine it. Yeah. We spend most of our hours in the day of our lives hearing, explaining, complaining, or worrying about we don't have enough of. Before we even sit up in bed, before our feet touch the floor, we're already inadequate, already behind, already losing, already lacking something. Wow. And by the time we go to bed at night, our minds are racing with a litany of what we didn't get or didn't get done that day. We go to sleep burdened by those thoughts and wake up to that reverie of lack. 
this internal condition of scarcity and 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 it's just so it's just so profound that if we would focus on what we did get done what we got scratched off of our list and be grateful for you know our spouse our situation what we what we learned even the even the the failure the failure that day that gave us a great experience to bring us on the road to wisdom and understanding um that that is the that is the way to move all of those negative emotions that also affect us physically uh, from a place of fear, dread, and not enough, and scarcity to a place of abundance and gratitude that is that is so powerful uh, in, in moving us forward. What a powerful message! I want to go read that book. I read her book Dare to Lead, which I really loved. Uh huh. Uh, yeah, I gotta go back yeah. and read well, more one, of her this, stuff. She's got a lot of books I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah, she's she's pretty she's pretty uh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I just had another thought and I just lost it. What was it? Uh, oh, it'll come back to me when I talk to you. I get so many thoughts. I should I sometimes try to jot them down because I'll, I'll forget them in 30 seconds because I have another one. Uh, here's what I want to do, though. I do want to be just a little selfish. We've got about 10 minutes left with you. Um, seeing how we're, we're moving. Now, here's the crazy part of this. We close tomorrow. Um, we actually gave the owners a three-day extension. They, they got a lot of, they're leaving us a ton of stuff. Um, the whole story on how we actually got this property and um, is pretty incredible. We were not the high offer. In fact, we were the lowest offer. And they mm. they chose to counter our offer uh, instead of the others and even told us they were countering the offer at lower than their best offer. They could have sold the property for more and they were countering our offer at a lower price. And the reason was they felt like we were the ones that would continue on this property the way it is that we appreciated what the property yeah. was and we would continue it that way. And they didn't feel that way from anybody else. I thought that was pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. And so we're going to close on this property and then we have to leave on a big trip. We're driving to Nashville for an event and we were wow. planning on, it was going to be our winter trip. We like to hit the road during the winter and, you know, travel and go meet some of our partners and, um, we were planning on leaving in October and not coming back till December, um, but obviously we're going to change that. We're just going to head there and do the event and come back. So uh, I'm in the middle of closing down two gardens. I, I have to close down the garden I've got now, and then I got to get over there as soon as I can and start closing down those gardens. And then I got to get all my fall mm -hmm. stuff planted, onions and garlic. So uh, I'm... I'm looking forward to it, but the uh, the schedule is going to be a little tight. What um, what would be some of your best advice for somebody just taking on something like this? Oh wow! Uh, I, I knew I knew that's where it was headed. <laughs> that's a tough one. Uh, so I know it, it, it is a tough one, and I I think I think there again this whole idea of enough is a, is a big deal. Uh, realize the incrementalism. Um, we we get on a new place. We're all full of vision and fantasy and dreams, and and the tendency is to over overdo, overplant, overplan, over everything. And what happens then is partway through we get discouraged because 
we didn't meet our expectations. We didn't get this done. We didn't get that done. And so, um, uh, generally, generally, um, I, I, I encourage folks to be conservative about your uh, about what you're going to actually get done because you always get a curveball. I mean, oh yeah. You, I mean, whether it's whether it's weather or whether it's something in your life. Uh, whatever, you know, you get this curveball. And, uh, you know, we always say two steps forward, one step back. Yeah. So, so think about that. So you don't, so, so in your, in your, um, uh, enthusiastic expectations, you don't build disappointment into your plan. I, for me, I think that's excellent advice. I do tend to get a little overboard and, and overly optimistic and think that I can take on more. Mm-hmm. So that that's really good advice for me to think that way. And, you know, right now they've got gardens that are about the same size as what I've got. I, I think I actually have a little oh, that's more. Good. Yeah, I, actually, I might even have a little more plantable land than what they've got. They, they've got some really nice, you know, trellising and some stuff going on. But then mm-hmm. there's about mm-hmm. there's about four and a half acres of flat, level beautiful land to grow things at one point they were doing like a dahlia farm Uh, they were growing dahlias and so there's that land out there uh i I know i could do something with and i probably shouldn't for a year or two i should probably just move in have the gardens do what we've been doing grow what we can grow can and and preserve all that stuff and and probably ease my way into that other four and a half acres yeah, well, the other four and a half acres. Um, I mean, unless you want to really expand your garden workload, uh, is very conducive to you know maybe doing some meat chickens, um, uh, you know, having maybe you know raising a, a couple of a couple of steers. If you went and bought some a couple weaned calves, um, I, I wouldn't have a cow in a situation like that. But if you if you want some some beef and and, a, and another one to you know to sell to a neighbor or a friend. Um, uh, you, you could probably raise two on that. Just remember to, you know, to, to move them around every couple of days so they don't get the run of the whole place. Uh, but you know, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a lot of ground to, um, you know, to play with. And, uh, you know, I, I really like chickens because they're, I mean, especially meat chickens, they're eight weeks, you buy the chicks, eight weeks, you're done. And, really? uh, so there are, there are really, I didn't realize yeah, that. yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, yeah. On four acres, and we we raise, we run basically six hundred birds per acre. So on four acres, that'd be uh, that'd be <laughs> That's four a times lot of six. Chicken. Uh, yeah, uh, that that'd be interesting. That'd be some uh, a, a, a lot of uh, a lot of birds, and um, and you know, if four times six would be 2,400, 2,400 chickens at, 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 20, at 20 bucks a piece is $48,000. So there you go on wow. your, you know, on your, and, and the beauty of that is it's a, you know, it's a, it's a seasonal thing, you yeah. know, um, about four, four months you, you do it and you're, and you're done and, and there's nothing, you know, there's nothing to do over the winter and over the off season Interesting. and, uh, makes it real clean and tidy. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's definitely opportunities there, and and of course, if you want to plant some orchard trees, then you can run the chickens under the orchard, so you can stack it permaculture style. You can get you can get high fruit, you can get low, you know, the, oh, the, nice. the animals on the low, and now you're stacking. Now you've added another, you know, um, uh, 
you know, two thousand dollar an acre enterprise, or I'm sorry, more like you know, more like ten thousand dollar an acre enterprise. Now suddenly, you know, you're up there in the hundred thousand um, dollar a year income wow. on your four and a half acres. Wow! So I bet so, all this is in your book, the with the the micro book, right? Yeah, that, that's it. That's in the micro book. Yes. Good. Yes. I can't wait to read that one. So one other question. Since we're talking about birds, and I've been trying to do some reading and and asking, you know, my tribe is great for this because a lot of truck drivers came from farms. I mean, that that's just a really common sure. thing. Not so much anymore, but you know, my generation of drivers, a, a huge part of them came from the farm. So. Um, on a show where I'm normally the one giving the advice lately, I've been asking for advice and getting some good stuff. So people are pointing mm-hmm. me towards guinea fowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, any thoughts on those? They seem kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, they do. I mean, um, um, they, they make great watchdogs. They're, <laughs> That's you know, they're loud. Yeah, that sounds um, kind of weird. They, they certainly, you know... Um, but the thing is that you know they are they are exotics, and there are reasons. There's always a reason why something is exotic. It has you know they're they're hard to they're hard to catch. Uh, <laughs> they will roost up at the trees. That's yeah. And that's... Um, and and of course you know they don't they don't butcher out as as a good a uh, whatever relationship to meat to bone and everything like a you know like yeah, like right. a chicken, but. Um, yeah, you know, guineas, uh, even even quail. You know, quail are kind of a, a hot, bad item right now. A lot of people are, are getting into quail, um, but uh, you know, all, all the exotics have have kind of issues, and it's hard to raise a lot of them. It's hard to it's hard to catch them. They <laughs> they have things, but um, but yeah, uh, you know, look, one of the beauties of a homestead situation is normally you don't depend on the homestead for your income, so you can do your experiments, you can do right. your fun little stuff, right. and and you can you can. Uh, I mean, we we've we've raised we've raised pheasants and uh, and guineas and quail and chucker. Uh, okay. That's uh, pigeon. Uh, we we we've raised all sorts of them. We aren't we aren't doing any of it right now because they all had specific issues. Right, but you know. Our farm is our livelihood. You know, we're in commercial production, yeah. so we don't have some of the liberty to play around with some little, you know, uh, uh, things just for fun like like some folks would. So uh, if something intrigues you, sure, you know, yeah, go for I, it. So, you know, as, as far as steer, I looked at that, and, you know, the probably the biggest reason I wouldn't go that route is because I have another really good option. One of the biggest problems I'm going to have to deal with on, on the gardens or – if we do some kind of farming on the the other property, is keeping the elk out. Huge herds of elk, mm. I guess, and they they come through every uh, couple of weeks or so on this pattern. And and he's resorted to even some electric fencing lately around the garden. They were getting so aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you thought about a dog? Uh, we have a dog. We have a dog we love. It's not really a farm dog, but a. a yeah, I love dogs, so we'll, we'll probably well, be looking at that. I'll tell you, um, dogs are dogs are pretty amazing. We we now we don't have elk here, but we have a lot of black bears. They're just nobody's hunting anymore because all the kids are on video games, <laughs> and so the old father father son bonding hunting trip is now passe. Yeah, and so these bears are just proliferating. They're becoming a 
a nuisance almost as bad as raccoons and possums. Wow. And 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 we have we have a couple of um, of nocturnal guard dogs. Uh, they're they're Maramas, but you know you there's Akbosh and Great Pyrenees and the other uh, all big white you know guard dogs. But yeah. I'll tell you what, um, those those dogs um, they will they will chase off anything, and um, and they're 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 extremely effective. And I don't know if fence is more tedious or a problem than a dog, but. Um, you know, you might you might consider it because a, a well a well trained nocturnal guard dog can can be a, a lifesaver. That sounds interesting. I like that thought. Yeah. All right, uh, Joel. What a what a great morning. Um, I could do this with you all day. I'm sure we we're gonna let you get back to your day. I know you've got a lot going on, but uh, uh, when does the book come out? I know I ordered mine. I didn't see when yeah, it's the, coming the, out. The book is. The, yeah, the, the book is out. We just got them in hand actually last week, so the book is out right now. And uh, in fact, we're running a, a five dollar off introductory sale until October one. So, um, so we'll you know we're doing that for now. And um, how can and, they get it? Uh, right now, the way to get it is polyfacefarms.com. We're selling it all through our gift shop on the website. Uh, just just Google in P-O-L-Y and Polyface will pop right up. Uh, you can get it that way. Starting January 1, we'll release it to Amazon, Barnes and & Noble, and, and more commercial sources. But uh, we're, we're going to hang on to it. We're going to uh, what we call cream, cream the market. We're going to cream the market through through Christmas. And then we'll release it to the, you know, to Amazon. Good. Well, I'm going to encourage all of my tribe to buy it now. Jeff Bezos doesn't need any Great. more money. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Buy Take it your now. nice little guy. Yeah, I ordered You're mine. Exactly right. Did, did I see something about the first thousand orders might get a signature? That's correct. That's it, correct. I autographed about 120 yesterday. And uh, I'm going out. In fact, when we finish this uh, phone call, uh, I'll be going out and uh, and signing another. I don't know what three or four hundred here this afternoon. So. Well, I'm hoping uh, I got. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm autographing the first. I'm autographing the first thousand. I'm hoping I got in under the wire and I get one of those. Yes, I think you did. <laughs> Good. Perfect. Perfect. So, uh, head on over there, polyfacefarms.com. Correct. Yes. Yes. Uh huh. And, and and while you're there, look around. There's some awesome stuff to order there. Uh, your store has just become incredible with the uh, all the food options and the meat and, and books. Yeah. and Yeah, so take some time, look around. There's a lot there. And uh, you yeah. guys have some some awesome beef sticks, all kinds of great food. So uh, we're, we're big yeah, on the, the food. The, I'll tell you, the, the, pork, the, 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 pork, the pork snack sticks, the beef snack sticks, are just delicious, wonderful, no unpronounceable ingredients, no no weird stuff in them. Uh, and boy, if you're looking for a non-carbohydrate um, uh, snack that's shelf-stable, you can stick it in your pocket, take it with you. These snack sticks are the ultimate, um, the ultimate traveling companion. No crumbs, no mess. Uh, they're just ideal for traveling companions. And satisfying. You feel like you've eaten something. And satisfying. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Great stuff. All right, um, Joel, thanks so much. Um, I appreciate all the tips and the conversation. And uh, as always, we'll have to get you back again soon. It's always good. Yes. 
Good. Thank you. It's been a delight and an honor. All right. Take care. Take care. All right, everybody. We uh, are um, we are going to wrap this up today. Um, we've got to get on the road. We've got uh, oh, about five hours back home, and we've got some stuff we've got to take care of this afternoon, so we need to get on the road. So I'm going to wrap this up today. Um, Lauren, I know I was... Uh, kind of monopolizing the conversation. <laughs> no worries. There, but, um, uh, it got so philosophical, surprisingly. It, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I, I kind of was, just because that's who Joel is. You know, if you, uh, his books, um, he, he's a pretty deep thinker. You know, it, he lives a, a, yeah. a really simple life. His message is a simple life, but uh, he, he's a pretty deep thinker. Um, and like I said, when I, when I get him on and he starts talking, I, I have to keep taking notes cause there's, there's just so much to talk about. Yeah, I can tell. Well, he's, he definitely has a lot figured out on the, on the farm front. So he has always, he's been an inspiration of mine for many, many years, but interesting about the Guinea fowl, by the way, I looked into it and because we have so many ticks in the woods by yeah. our cabin yeah, and it's. Sounds great. So if you do that, I'm going to wait for you to, well, <laughs> to pull the trigger and tell me how it goes. <laughs> you know, and I'm actually encouraged by what he said, because the things he said about them okay. as kind of a negative, I, I had already read that. And in my situation, it wouldn't really be a negative. So what he was saying, like they'll roost Got up it. in the trees, you can't catch them. They're not domesticated. You can train them to hang around your property, but like you said, they're going to go lay eggs in a nest up in a tree somewhere. So if you're keeping the guinea yeah. fowl for eggs, they're challenging. It's not nearly as easy as chickens. But I plan on keeping the chickens for the eggs and adding the guinea fowl. And if they just run around in the woods and roost up in the trees and lay their eggs, well, then I'm assuming I'll just get more guinea fowl. I don't really care about the eggs. Yeah, so, that's a good point. So yeah. I don't care if I can catch them or get the eggs or not. That's not what I want them for. I want them to take care of the ticks and the rodents and, you know, scare people away. <laughs> the whole thing about a guard chicken it just <laughs> sounds funny to me, but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have guard it chickens. Does. Yeah. But so uh, all the negatives really are negatives for me. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. But I take it you guys don't have, like, you, you don't have any snakes there. Because that would be the, the thought for me is, okay, so they're climbing the trees or they're, you know, a snake will climb a tree and it'll bring more snakes around. Oh, yeah, we don't have but a lot I of snakes in, in Oregon. We, we, uh, and, and what we have are pretty benign. They're usually small, non-venomous okay. and, and not even many of those. So, um, yeah, I'm thinking more of the, the rodents and the ticks. And, you know, I, from what I understand, they're, um, like he was saying, the the ratio of meat to bone, that they're not nearly as meaty as a chicken. It's interesting. They look bigger mm-hmm. than chickens, but they're not. It, yeah. it's, it's They're fluffy, and oh, I guess not. they got a lot of feathers, and they're actually smaller than chickens. Oh, I was under the impression they were bigger, I, just from the photos that I've seen. I guess I, I thought so, yeah, I guess too. I haven't seen side by side. But then the first yeah. thing that was a clue was they lay smaller eggs than chickens. And I thought, well, that's weird because the birds oh. normally lay an egg based on their size. You know, quails lay little, little yeah. tiny eggs and ostriches, you know, lay really, really big eggs. Um, <laughs> but then I yeah. found out that the bird is actually smaller. They look bigger, but they're actually smaller. But. Huh. Okay. I did uh, not know that. But they're all dark meat, which I love. So, mm-hmm. you know, I could also mm-hmm. see once in a while if these things aren't really domesticated, like. 
I can't raise a chicken and then eat it. I, I just don't think I could do it. I have no problem shooting yeah. an animal, <laughs> hunting, and, and eating that way. But once I've raised something, I, I just don't want to eat it. It just doesn't seem right to me. So, but if the, the guinea fowl, if they're more like, well, I'm not really raising them. They're just wild. They're just out there. It wouldn't mm-hmm. bother me to go kill one and eat it. Yeah. So we may do yeah, that. Yeah, so I mean, do you feed them or do they just kind of fend for themselves? I guess they just fend for themselves. That That's kind of the difference is they're, they're not domesticated. You're not going to make pets out of them. You're not going to pick them up, carry them around, you know, like people do with chickens. Um, they're going to be kind of wild. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I hope you do get them (laughs) because I will, I'm just looking forward to hearing the stories about them. Yeah. One of the things I haven't seen yet is how they, how they're going to fare in the winter time. I mean, we don't get really cold. We, we don't normally get down into the twenties even. I mean, it's pretty rare for us to see temperatures in the twenties. Uh, we might for a day or two in the winter, but we tend to stay in the, you know, 40s as an average, like low 40s. And we'll get down to, you know, into the mid 30s. Um, but last year, we actually had a couple of days. We got down into single digits last year. Um, normally stuff that Ooh. I can leave in the ground all winter, like potatoes and, and root vegetables. I can leave them in the ground all winter and they're, you just go pick them anytime you want. Um, last year, only about half of those survived that, that cold snap last year killed a lot of that. Um, a lot of stuff that comes back from bulbs like dahlias didn't, they didn't all come back. So I, I want to go see how they're going to do in the winter time. Yeah. That's a good point. They're from Africa. So I don't think they're all that well acclimated to cold. So I, I'm going to look that up and see what that what that's all about. But other than that, I'm, I'm seriously considering them. <laughs> that's then, really neat. You know, and, and awesome. Joel was talking about this and I was wondering, it, it seems like all of the birds can, can mix and mingle just fine, you know, on the same property. Like he said, they had, you know, quail and pheasant and, you know, they tried a bunch of things. I, I, I'd probably like to try some stuff like that too. get one or two pheasants. That'd be cool to have pheasants running around. Oh, yeah. They're beautiful. Yeah. I don't know if they'll stay, but... Uh, it, it, it seems like <laughs> they're... Yeah, they are yeah, yeah. And, and I don't want to fence a bunch of stuff in. We're not going to do that. Like, our chickens aren't fenced in. I mean, when they're out, they're out. They could leave if they wanted. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the chickens, I feel like, because you're feeding them, they tend to stay. Like, we, down south, we have a property, and we... We can't get the quails. To, we can't get the quail to stay. They won't stay. Huh? And then next door huh. to the property, no, they won't. No matter how much we try. I mean, a few of them, you know. Yes, you can. Uh, some of them stay. Yeah. But for the most part, they 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 all kind of scatter. Huh. And then the next door property has pheasant because they do pheasant and quail hunt. And every once in a while, we'll get pheasant over at ours because okay. they wander <laughs> off. It's so close. <laughs> yeah. Got yeah, it. they do. They wander. Yeah. But you also go over there and they release so many that there are tons of them. Like my dog has a blast chasing around <laughs> trying to catch them. But, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, they're they're releasing them all the time. I don't know if those are, you know, if they actually do stay. So it'd, yeah. be, it'd be interesting to find out. Yeah. Yeah. Peacocks, too. I've seen people keep peacocks. 
Oh, yeah. My yeah. grandmother has peacocks, actually. Yeah. They're loud. Yeah, they, they are, are loud. You're right. They are loud. I should probably not uh, <laughs> not get too many loud birds because uh, I do like the quiet <laughs> yeah. out there. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, if they get too loud, I'll be out there oh. shooting them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to oh. talk about today? I think we're... Um. I think I think I'm good. So you are going to take the time to do stuff that you guys have to get done. Does that mean there's no X? Oh, yes. Thank later you. Later on? Uh, no, no spaces at all this week. We're, we've just got way too much okay. going on. Today we got to travel. Tomorrow we have the closing. A Friday, Lisa's got a ton of stuff going on, and that might be the first day we get to go. It, we need to really spend a day on this property with the owners right there's there's just way too i mean oh, i could i could figure it all out myself over time but uh it would certainly be nice to know you know how the irrigation system was built you know uh, there's just yeah. a lot you yeah. know that how the chicken coops are really working and you know is, is, are there any maintenance i'm sure there is on these you know there's a lot of stuff automated but but I kind of have to know how it all works because it was all really kind of handmade. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. So yes, that if they're willing to to you know have you guys come over and walk through everything, I would definitely take advantage of that. Yeah, I think we're going to try to do that Friday or Saturday. So we're just going to have to skip the spaces this week. Got it. All right. We are doing the shows well, every day, so we, we will be back here tomorrow live for a free-for-all and then Friday for um, technology and efficiency, but, but no spaces this week. Got it. All right. We will wrap this up then, and uh, we're going to hit the road and start heading south here in a little bit. And uh, Lauren, we'll talk to you again next week. All right. Safe travels. All right. Take care. All right, everybody. We will see you back here tomorrow. Be safe. Be profitable, be fit and healthy, always do the hard work and master the journey.